From the Allen Media Worldwide Headquarters Studios, high atop two Turtle Creek, this is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings, everyone. This is your host, Ryan Trimble. Looking out over last night's uh, rain, we got some fallen branches out there. Be safe on your way in today. But I'm joined today, of course, by a man who, you know, he just needs no introduction. He, of course, the great Sean P. Williams. Sean, good day, sir. Hey, Ryan. Good day to you. Man, huge, huge rain yesterday. So frustrating. And I blame no one but myself because I didn't study my weather models like I should have. But yeah. I was expecting the rain to come in on, on Saturday. There was risk of golf ball size hail. And it was a day late. And, man, we just got hammered, hammered with wind, rain. Fortunately, though, we did not get the hail that some parts of the North Texas area got. Indeed, indeed. I It sounds like in debriefing with you this morning earlier um, that your confidence was high in the storm. <laughs> of the confidence was high in the low ceiling. Is that accurate to say? I think you could say that. I think that's fair. And, you know, for anyone who thinks that this chemistry is forced and for some reason we're behind the scenes, we don't care much for each other here on Deconstructing Dallas, you sent me a very nice picture of your location yesterday. I believe you were at the grocery store when you were getting pummeled with rain. Yes, I stepped out from the grocery store and uh, the lady at the checkout stand was like, whoa, it's pouring out there. So I walked out there took a video and in the video I said, you know, of, across the parking lot, raindrops just pummeling cars. And the video, the quote is as Sean, as the great Sean Williams would say, Hey, this is great for the lawn. I did put down a few pieces aside, a little bit of grass this weekend, but that's neither here nor there, man. I did not tell you this. One point yesterday I was opening the door to go out. Uh, and take a look at the rain and there was a tarantula at the door and this is oh, tarantula man. season there was a tarantula at Fabulous. the door i made that noise that you made and i did read up on it because the dallas morning news had just had a article about this being tarantula season and i'm supposed to just look and take pictures and that's kind of it i guess um needless to say i will run out the front door the rest of the night um <laughs> I mean, I'm not for taking, you know, we live over and we'll talk about big theater for sure, because that's a big topic today. But um, on the walk around over here, I've seen tarantulas while I've been just kind of out walking, but never at my doorstep. That, yeah. What, what, what was he selling? Did you ask him? <laughs> Push, pushing for some candidate or something? I, I, I'm not sure. The election had just ended, so it's hard to yes. say. But speaking of which, congratulations to Zaren Gracie. My new council member here in District 3 uh, will be taking over for our outgoing council member, Casey Thomas, who is a friend of this show and who has uh, served us very well for a year. So congratulations to my former city colleague when we both worked at the city of Dallas, Zarin Gracie. Yeah, congrats to Zarin. Big, big win in the in the runoff, the only runoff uh, of all the council elections this year, Sean. Um, uh, he, you know, he, he came across and, and pulled it out as solid, solid showing. So, and, uh, of course, con- thank you and congrats to Casey. Uh, he'll get hopefully some, some well, uh, deserved rest, uh, 
you know, away from 1500 Marilla street. So um, congrats to those two guys. But, you know, speaking of district three, Sean, we have been working and speaking of Casey Thomas and now Zarin, we've been working on a project for some time now um, called the big Cedar wilderness with our client trust for public land. Uh, this is a signature project. I know Casey's been a champion for it and we appreciate him, uh, you know, pushing it. But as of the time of this recording, it looks like we're hopeful that um, the Big Cedar Wilderness uh, will be preserved in perpetuity as parkland in the city of Dallas. Well, I, I want to say first, thank you as the leader of our conservation practice here at Allen Media for continuing to look for these type of opportunities for us to get engaged. And, you know, this is wonderful because we live right at the base of we live right at the base of Cedar Ridge Nature Preserve and Big Cedar Wilderness is less than a mile walk from where we live as well. And I've ridden, ridden past it. I've driven past it. I walked past it and I've always wondered, like, how do you get in there? How do you access this? I've learned so much through you and working with Deborah and our guest today, Robert Kent, and even had a chance to drive uh, Judge Williams over this weekend over to see one of the entrances coming more off the mountain creek side over there. And so I'm really excited to talk to, to Robert. I've learned so much from both of you so far, and I'm looking forward to get out and get some spend some time at Big Cedar Wilderness. Big Cedar, baby. This is a big deal too, Sean. I mean, this is all, nearly 300 acres of pristine. Uh, the word is escarpment, which is kind of an elevated... I'm I know still you... learning on that. I'm still learning <laughs> about escarpments. I have to. I, I, I've Googled. I'm, I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. This is kind of the same geological formation that makes the hill country the hill country. So this is the probably the north about just about the northernmost point of it, and so it's going to be preserved uh, as Dallas parkland. It's really really exciting. A lot of um, you know uh, properties like this are hard to come by, and so. Uh, we're going to get into that with our guest today, Robert Kent, as well as a lot of uh, his other projects that he's working on, Five Mile Creek and uh, Park Score. How you know how close is everybody in Dallas to a park? Uh, this is really important stuff. It's it's um, you know it's important to get outside, Sean. I know you appreciate it. Well, this is we say how this is kind of the most beautiful part of Dallas, and definitely this part of of North Texas and. When you get out and see it, for those who don't live here, you can really understand it. And I don't care if you're bird watching or mountain biking or, or hiking, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's just beautiful to have an amenity like this and to think that this is about to be part of the Dallas Park system is really exciting. So let's just go ahead and get right to it. We're going to talk to Robert Kent after this break. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back, Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. And Sean, we are joined today by a guy who uh, really enjoyed getting to know um, 
great guy, great visionary for our city. Um, he, of course, the Texas State Director for the Trust for Public Land, Robert Kent. Robert, welcome to the show. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Sean. Glad to be here. Yeah, well, th thanks, thanks for, for here, finding time. You're, you're a busy guy, um, so thanks for squeezing us in uh, to come on the show today. Um, yeah, we've, uh, I'm sorry for having to reschedule this so many times, but I'm glad we're uh, making it work. No, that, that's, that's great. Um, you know, I, I'm sure some of our listeners have seen, um, you know, saw your recent piece in D Magazine and some of the other projects your name's been popping up with around the city um, as far as parks in Dallas and across Texas. So, uh, but for those of us, those of our listeners who don't know you, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, happy to, Ryan. Um, so I'm Robert Kent, and as you said, I'm the Texas State Director for Trust for Public Land. We are a national not-for-profit organization whose uh, mission is to try to connect everyone to the outdoors. We are celebrating our 50th anniversary this year as an organization, which is amazing. Work coast to coast, um, and we've got an incredible team of people doing some amazing work, um, adding acreage to national parks, um, working you know from Main Street to mountaintop, as we like to say, uh, and here in Dallas, doing a lot of great work to help make sure that everyone in the city as a park that's within a 10-minute walk of where they live. Robert, you guys are a national nonprofit, as you mentioned, but you have an extremely long and productive history here in Texas. So can you talk about Trust for Public Land's work in Texas and also a little bit more about your time since you've been um, here in Dallas? So Trust for Public Land's first project in Texas was back in 1979. And since then, we have helped the state of Texas and local park and conservation organizations in Texas acquire over 43,000 acres of land for new public parks and green space. Um, some of our signature projects include adding 3,000 acres to Paladura Canyon State Park. Um, we also helped protect about 1,000 acres in the middle of Austin um, on the Barton Creek Greenbelt, which established that greenbelt and helped to protect Barton, uh, Barton Springs. Um, and make sure that water stays beautiful and pristine. Um, we've done a lot of work on the Gulf Coast, helping to protect barrier islands and set those aside in conservation. Um, work in San Marcos uh, to help establish the Purgatory Creek natural area. And I'm really proud of uh, the work that our team has accomplished here in Dallas, where um, uh, our most recent big push has been to establish the Five Mile Creek Greenbelt, uh, which will be a new network of trail and parks running across southern dallas from the joppy preserve um, at the trinity river all the way up to the westmoreland dart station in north oak cliff and this will be a new um wonderful hiking and biking and running and strollering and walking trail uh following five mile creek create great opportunities to access this beautiful part of our city um, and help bring the benefits of close to home parks to one of the parts of dallas that um, is in most need of having a great green green space near home. You know, you, you just said a key phrase there, close to home parks, which means these aren't parks like Paladuro that are, you know, far off, in, you know, in, in rural areas. These are really close to homes. And so that means working collaboratively with neighborhoods and neighbors and gigs know exactly what they want. I, I've loved seeing you work in this capacity. You know, you're a collaborative leader. And working with these communities is important. Um, so why is it so important for y'all to engage with communities on projects like this? Yeah. Well, 
first off, we know how important parks are for building strong cities. Um, the research is really overwhelming that when you have a close to home park that's within walking distance and it's a high quality park, um, people are healthier because they get out and use it. Um, there's a really interesting study uh, that came out of the Journal of Nature a couple of years ago. And it found that when folks spend about 20 minutes a day in nature, they report much higher levels of well-being, both physical and mental. Um, we know that when people have a close-to-home park, they're more physically active as well. So parks are a key piece of building healthy cities. Um, parks also play a huge environmental role. Um, we know that when you have uh, neighborhoods that have parks versus neighborhoods that don't, they're cooler, literally, in the summertime, as we're heading into this big summer um, time here in Texas, where we know the temperatures will be spiking over 100 degrees, we found that people, uh, neighborhoods that have parks within them are up to six degrees cooler than neighborhoods that don't. And I think we all know the difference between 94 degrees and 100 degrees. That's a big gap there. Um, and finally, parks are a huge part of building equity in our city. Uh, I think that uh, we all know, and as you all have explored on this podcast, uh, there is, you know, unfortunately still a huge gap um, and a huge divide in our own city here in Dallas. And um, parks can play a role in helping to overcome that gap, help to bridge that divide. Uh, and um, you kind of stack these things up, health, the environment, equity, and you can see how parks are so essential for building strong communities. Um, so from there, you know, we know we need to talk to residents too and understand what do they want in their park. It's not just enough to come and drop a park down and say, here you go. Um, we know that when you engage neighbors in the process of designing that park, of visioning that park, then they will become better stewards of that park in the long term. Robert, you, you mentioned some concepts, as you mentioned, that are, are really near and dear to us, including, you know, serving underserved communities with parks, making sure that equity and access is built into what you all do and your mission to connect everyone to the outdoors. But I would love to drill down because you all have done some amazing work, work with Judge Charles, Charles Rose Community Park. Um, you know, you mentioned your work that you're doing on Five Mile Creek in Southern Dallas. So can you talk about the, some of the, the things that you have to consider in designing some of these parks, some of the things that may be different uh, that you have had to address uh, specifically when you're working in some of these areas? Yeah. Um you know we've we've definitely learned uh, over the last several years um really the importance of listening um and the importance of long slow conversations i think about when we first got started working at south of cliff renaissance park and um that is a park that is built adjacent to south of cliff high school um and i remember coming to those first neighborhood meetings and showing up uh and a lot of skepticism uh from that neighborhood about who are these folks who aren't from around here, who don't look like us, who say they want to help. I mean, they've seen that story before. Um, a lot of folks showing up saying, I'm here from North Dallas and I want to make a difference. And um, it took about six months of our team consistently showing up, attending those neighborhood association meetings, going to crime watch meetings, going to PTA meetings, SBDM meetings, you know. And finally, the turning point really came, you know, after about six months of that, um, and uh, we became a trusted quantity. Um, we became a trusted partner that people knew. Um, and then, of course, you have to follow through on those commitments. So I think that uh, that's just a huge part of what makes 
um, this work uh, challenging and rewarding, um, being able to build those relationships with neighborhoods. Uh, we opened Southwood Renaissance Park in 2021, and we are still, you know, in weekly communication with the stakeholders and with the folks that are now using that park every day, uh, from the high school, from the neighborhood, um, from 75216. Um, and, uh, you know, it's still a place that we feel a huge amount of um, affinity for and connection with. Uh, we just don't want to plop a park down and then disappear. Um, so I think that's a big piece of it. You're listening to Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. We're visiting with our friend, Robert Kent. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk Big Cedar Wilderness and Dallas rising in the rankings of the park score. So stick with us through the break. Welcome back, Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We are with Robert Kent, Texas State Director of Trust for Public Land, and we are proud to say one of our clients here at Allen Media. Robert, um, in the state of the city address that uh, that Mayor Johnson did, he, he called for a vacant land inventory from the city um, and wants to turn a lot of those vacant lands into parks. And I know Mayor Johnson is working with you and Trust for public land on how to do that. Mayor Johnson also appointed Garrett Boone as the city's greening czar. So can you talk to us about the work that you're doing with Garrett and and, and the, the, the city and the mayor to make Dallas the best city for parks in Texas? Yeah, it's so exciting to have Mayor Johnson and Garrett um, in, you know, overdrive on their support for parks. Um, Dallas Parks, I think, has really been going through a renaissance over the last 10 years. And um, when Mayor Johnson came into office, one of the first things he did was join Trust for Public Land's 10-minute walk to a park campaign. Um, and that's an effort where we've gone across the country and had about 300 mayors sign on to this idea that they want their city to have everyone with a park within a 10-minute walk of home. Um, Mayor Johnson recommitted Dallas after Mayor Rawlings had signed the campaign um, a few years prior to that. And, um, you know, the mayor's put his money where his mouth is. In November, he made this call for turning any unused vacant city land into park space. Trust Republic Land, uh, we have a wonderful data team that does a lot of very sophisticated and smart computer mapping and GIS. And um, they uh, have done an inventory of all the property that the city owns and pulled out all the vacant parcels. And now we're going through that inventory, trying to find the best opportunities that would not only make great parks, but also expand that 10 minute walk number, help solve and move the needle on those health, environmental and equity issues that we talked about earlier. Um, and of course, having Garrett Boone, who's um, you know such an important philanthropist in Dallas and um, has such a green heart for the city as well to be a part of this uh, is just a dream come true. It really is the dream team um, that's assembled to help make this happen. So uh, we are right now going through that inventory, looking for the best opportunities for converting these vacant lands into parks. 
uh, spent a lot of time kicking dirt with Garrett and um, with Park Department staff, looking at properties, trying to say, okay, could this work, could that work? Um, and we hope over the summer we'll get the first of those sites identified and uh, maybe this fall I'll be able to start um, uh, doing some community engagement work to turn these vacant properties and transform them with those neighborhoods into new cherished neighborhood green spaces. Yeah, Robert, it's it's really exciting, and you know, making the making Dallas the the best city for parks. You know, it's a great slogan for sure, but it's it seems like it's more than that. Um, recently, you and your colleagues at Trust Public Land come out with the uh, what you call the Park Score, the 2023 Park Score, in which you uh, y'all rank the top 100 most populous cities and rank them based on a variety of criteria. Um, big news for Dallas is that we jumped 10 spots in the rankings this year. So um, you, you use the term parks renaissance. Would you, what would you attribute that to? Yeah. Um, so Trust Republic Land for the last 11 or 12 years has issued our annual park score report, where we look at the 100 largest cities in the country and assign them a zero to 100 score on their park system. As my colleagues say, we rank them and we spank them. And um, unfortunately, Dallas for many, many years was on the spanking side of that equation. Um, you know, I remember the first year the park score dropped and Robert Wolanski, you know, wrote some total fire piece of an article about how Dallas Parks needs to get with the program and get moving. And then the second year when Dallas Park score stayed the exact same, Wolanski wrote effectively the same article. And then the third year, when Park Score stayed the exact same for Dallas, Wolanski is like, I have nothing else to say. I can't write another article. What else is there to write about? Fast forward now to just about a month ago when Park Score 2023 dropped, and Dallas finally, after years of staying in the middle of the pack, jumped 10 spots. Um, and Sharon Grigsby did just a great job, I think, telling that story. Um, you know, I look at a few data points in the last year that have really, in the last few years that have really made this happen. Uh, you know, you could start um, with the 2017 bond program that led to a $311 million investment in parks all over Dallas. Um, that included building new parks. It included building new trails. It included money for buying land for new parks. Um, and that just makes a huge difference. Additionally, um, Around that same time, Dallas, Dallas ISD and Richardson ISD entered into these agreements that allow for those campuses of nearly 50 public schools that have playgrounds to be used by the public after hours. On top of that, Texas Trees Foundation, with their Cool Schools program, has done some amazing work to do upgrades or innovations on those campuses. Trust Republic Land played a role in that, which we're really proud of, um, doing public art on those campuses as well and community engagement. Um, and so, you know, basically the city got, you know, 50 new parks um, in a very short amount of time period um, for a very low investment. And uh, that has had a huge impact on the park score because now we've jumped the number of people that have a park within a 10 minute walk of home. We've increased that by almost 300,000 people in Dallas in the last five or so years. Um, Dallas went from 58% of the city having a park within a 10-minute walk to 73%, um, one of the biggest jumps in the whole country. Um, now, we still have a ways to go. Uh, the national median is 78%. So we're about five points below the median. 
And as much as I hate to say it as a true blue born and bred Dallasite, City of Plano is at 80%, 80% park access. And they are number 15 in the country on that national ranking. Um, so uh, we've got a ways to go still, but huge progress. You know, hats off to the park department, hats off to the mayor, the city council, the park board, and to all the partners, you know, all of these nonprofits, whether it's Parks for Downtown Dallas or whether it's Texas Trees Foundation, um, you know, all these other groups that are working hand in hand with the park department to help bring all these new parks online. You know, Dallas, I think, uh, something we do really well is these partnerships with other groups. Um, the park department is so happy and willing to work in partnership with other organizations, to help advance their park system. And I think that's something that Dallas does extraordinarily well and has a huge impact on the quality of parks for the residents of our city. You know, one of the major projects you all are working on is a Big Cedar Wilderness, which is less than a mile from where we live now. Um, I, I walked by there and I've always kind of wondered what it looks like up there. I hadn't always understood the access. And so now since we've been working with you all, you know, I actually got to visit there a couple of days. It's an amazing, amazing piece of, of, of land here in Dallas. It's amazing that we even have that kind of amenity here or just available land. And so I know that recently passed at Park Board that there was an, uh, an action at Park Board for Big Cedar. So you, can you talk about that project and kind of what those next steps are going to be for the city for uh, more people here in Dallas to be able to access that. It's such a special project, Sean, and I'm so glad that you've had a chance to go visit it as well. Um, so if you look at Southwest Dallas, uh, there is um, that's where the escarpment area is for the city of Dallas. And there's a series of cliffs and escarpment zones that kind of marches its way north from Cedar Hill State Park the Cedar Ridge Preserve, Dogwood Canyon, and now the Big Cedar Wilderness. Um, it is a roughly 300-acre vacant piece of land that covers this escarpment zone. So it has a piece at the top that has a beautiful view um, looking out over the lake. And then you come down that escarpment, and it's a steep walk downhill through forest. Then you get to a bottomland area um, where there's meadows and wildflowers and creek runs through it. Um, and, you know, the property has been in private ownership for decades uh, and uh, not much has been done with it um, in terms of development. But um, the mountain biking community here in Dallas has adopted the property. And so they've built a series of trails that actually starts on a piece of land that's adjacent to this property owned by uh, Mountain Creek Church. And um, those trails start there. And then they kind of meander off down into the Big Cedar Wilderness property. And um, it's just an incredible green asset that so many volunteers and community members have come together to help care for and steward and love. Um, you know, with privately owned land, though, there's always the risk that it goes vertical and that these green spaces are lost. And so a little over a year ago, um, the owner of this property, a gentleman named Brad Phillips and his company, Liberty Bankers, uh, got in touch with Trust Republic Land. And they agreed um, after many months of conversation and relationship building that they would donate that property to Trust Republic Land so that it could become a city park. Um, so we are in the final weeks of uh, this project happening. 
Um, I actually don't know when this is going to post. It may have already happened by the time this posts, but uh, um, Park Board voted uh, on June 1st to um, accept the property as a park, and they're going to acquire it from Trust for Public Land using funding from the Reforestation Fund. Um, City Council is going to vote on this. There'll be the final vote on June 14th. Um, you know, we're really grateful for Councilmember Casey Thomas's support. Uh, this is his district. Um, he organized a community meeting back in March um, where we had about 50 people show up from the neighborhood. And there was so much enthusiasm and excitement about the potential for this beautiful property to become a city park. Um, so, you know, knock on wood, the council vote goes smoothly on the 14th. And at that point, then um, the city will acquire this property. And uh, Trust for Public Land has committed to continue to be engaged in the design and development of the property. Um, so we look forward to working with uh, Mountain Creek Church and with the mountain biking community, with Dorba and with neighbors um, to take, you know, Big Cedar Wilderness and bring it to the next level, um, make it even better than it already is. It's really exciting. Can't wait to see it, uh, you know, come to uh, fruition here soon, Robert. Um, one more question I wanted to ask you. You had mentioned the Five Mile Creek project. Can you share just a little bit, give us the 30,000 foot view of the Five Mile Creek project and, and you know, what it will be, what the vision is, and um, kind of a little bit of the history of the vision? Yeah. Um, so, as I shared earlier, Five Mile Creek is uh, one of the main tributaries of the Trinity River uh, that flows through Oak Cliff. So if you think about Oak Cliff as sort of this rugged, hilly area of um, southern Dallas, and that's because the Valcona's escarpment, um, which really starts down in the Texas Hill Country outside of Austin and works its way north all the way up to the Trinity River. And we're kind of the last outpost of it here. So if you're coming down 35 and you're getting onto I-30 and you see that hill, that is into North Oak Cliff. That is the cliff of Oak Cliff. You know, it's got that name because there is that escarpment there. Um, and so as you're driving through Oak Cliff, there's just a series of rolling hills and valleys. And Five Mile Creek runs right through the middle of it. Um, if you go back to the city plans, you know, back in the 1940s, uh, there's the Bartholomew Plan for Dallas, which built on the Kessler Plan before that. And it called for... Um, a network of green belts all across the city. Uh, and one of those was Five Mile Creek. Um, it's so funny. You look at this map and you see a lot of things that exist now. You know, this map said we ought to build a green belt along White Rock Creek. Done. This map suggested doing a green belt along Central Expressway. And now we have the Katy Trail. This map talked about a green belt running across North Dallas. And now we've got the North Haven Trail. Um, this map called for a green belt along the Trinity River. And we have a trail system running along there now. But as soon as you get south of the Trinity, like so many stories in Dallas, a lot of that just didn't happen. And so in 2019, Trust for Public Land, with support from the Boone Family Foundation and Park and Recreation Department, um, picked up the torch. Uh, we dusted off that old plan and said, let's update this for the 21st century. Um, and uh, we created a new master plan uh, for the Green Belt. Um, and uh, for the last several years, we've been working really hard on this. Um, we've been mostly focused up until now on the parks piece. Uh, we bought three different properties in the Greenbelt area, uh, totaling 125 acres. One of those is now open south of the Renaissance Park. We're under construction at Judge Charles Rose Park, which is 
um, near Paul Quinn College. And we are about to start the design of a new 80-acre park in the Glen Oaks neighborhood uh, that'll be called Woody Branch Park. Um, and so those three projects are moving. And then last year, um, we started really focusing on the trail piece itself and figuring out how can we get this new hiking and biking trail that could connect all these pieces together. Um, and so we uh, uh, were very fortunate to have some wonderful philanthropic partners who have made some early stage investments in this effort. Um, additionally, the city and Mayor Johnson have adopted this as one of their priorities. Um, so now we're in a fundraising mode. Uh, we've got a bunch of public grants that are being considered right now at both the U.S. Department of Transportation and Texas Department of Transportation. Um, if this all moves forward, it's going to bring millions of dollars to this project to help bring this trail forward and make it happen. You know, what we real, feel really strongly about is Oak Cliff cannot wait another 80 years for this to happen. Um, we've been out, you know, spending a lot of time walking along where the screen belt's going to be. And you'd be amazed how many people you see walking. And they're not out there for recreation either. You know, it's folks walking to the grocery store, folks who are walking to school. Um, and they're walking on narrow roads with no sidewalks, no dividing lines, cars whizzing by. And it's, you know, to a person, they say, it'd be great if we had a trail, if we had a safe place that we could have recreation, exercise, transportation all rolled into one. And the Five Mile Creek Trail is going to make that happen. Um, so it's a long, it's a long fuse on this. Um, big infrastructure projects always are. Um, but uh, we're pushing forward as fast as we can and as hard as we can. And, you know, fingers crossed, we're going to get good news about these grant proposals um, in the next couple of months. Well, we are super excited uh, to continue to follow uh, the work on Five Mile Creek, but I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, ask you about your other passion, Robert. And um, I think I'm supposed to call you a chocolatier. Is that correct? You could say chocolatier. Um, okay. uh, I'm fancy. also uh, the, the chief uh, uh, dishwasher and um, social media intern, as it turns out, also. Um, so, uh, yeah, in COVID, um, and I've always loved cooking. Uh, it's been a passion of mine. Um, and in COVID, when everyone was seeing me pick up new hobbies, I decided I wanted to uh, make chocolates. Um, you know, saw some videos online, got the bug, and started making chocolate bonbons. And um, these are little pieces of chocolate with all these different types of fillings and shiny, colorful colors on the outside. And um, my mother-in-law said to me, could I buy some of these to give as a gift um, to her colleagues at work? And then some friends started to want to buy them and kind of next thing you know, people wanting to purchase them and um, the business kind of grew from there. So it's uh, nights and weekends, long nights and long weekends. Um, right now, you know, the chocolate season runs from October, roughly Halloween to Mother's Day. So I'm taking a much needed break from it and letting things kind of rest and recuperate. But uh, it's been a lot of fun to get to explore this kind of different creative hobby and passion. That's super cool. That's super cool. Well, Robert, if if people want to find find out about Trust Public Land or your chocolate business, where uh, where should they look for you on social media? Uh, well, I, uh, Trust Republic Land should um, they should go to find us at, at TPL uh, underscore ORG on Twitter um, and on Instagram at Trust Republic Land. Um, and uh, you know, if you want to find chocolate business, just search Kent Find Chocolates on on Google, and you'll find me there. And same thing on Instagram as well. Um, and, uh, you know, doing lots of great work um, with Trust for Public Land. It's so excited about uh, the progress we're making here in Dallas and across the state. 
Yeah, you're making a huge difference. So th- thanks for coming on, Robert. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Sean. Okay, this is Deconstructing Dallas. Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. We'll be right back. Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. Ryan, what a great, great update from Robert Kent. A lot of good information and a lot of good information about how we can get outdoors and access our parks and good news because we are moving up the ranking. That's right. That's right. Very exciting stuff. Um, you know, big energy from Robert. Really appreciate all he's doing. Uh, love working with the guy. And so excited to, uh, you know, knock on wood. Don't want to jinx anything. Excited to see Big Cedar uh, uh, pass city council this week, at least at the time of this recording. The vote has not happened. And shout out to John Jenkins at the park board. uh, Excuse me, at the the city of Dallas Parks Department. Uh, While we're at it, shout out to Agarwal as well. But shout out to John Jenkins, you know, somebody I had a chance to work with at the city. And, you know, We've had some really good parks directors. We've been blessed at the city of Dallas, but I think with the experience that John has brought, you know, when I when I came and talked to him early on in his tenure, he really wanted to make sure that the rec center activities were really inclusive of the people in the neighborhood. I know here in our area, there's there's a lot of pickleball going and you know rec league, but man, we have had a a really uh, a renaissance of parks here in Dallas, and there are some really great parks coming online, and it's good to have these public and private partnerships and partners like Trust for Public Land that can help bring that, you know, to fruition. And also shout out to our other client, the Loop Dallas. I mean, you know, it's really good to have all these folks who are concerned about, um, you know, an equitable distribution of parks and making sure that everybody has a chance to get a park within a 10 minute walk. Yeah, no, it's very exciting. So thank you again to Robert Kent. Look forward to uh, visiting with you again soon. Okay, Sean, we are, uh, I have been on a little bit of a break, but uh, you have been keeping tabs on the NBA Finals. I know we're at 3-1. Looks like the Nuggets are um, on the lip of the cup. Can I say that? Is that a fun sports analogy? They're yeah, I think clo- that's close 3-1. enough. I think that's close enough. I, I really believe in kind of the what I, what I refer to in my own life as mumbo-jumbo that Eric Spolstra is all about, you know, he's really into mindset. He's really into, you know, thinking that you can, thinking through problems. I like Jimmy Butler's attitude. I think, you know, that team has overachieved, especially considering that Tyler Hero has been out. I say all that to say I believe Denver is going to win the series. I would love to see at least one more game, at least see him come back to Miami. But, man, Denver – Jokic is unstoppable. I, I just can't. I can't really. My eyes cannot see it. Yeah, it's uh, the guy's been playing out of his mind. So uh, I think uh, Denver will be bringing home the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Uh, what about Lord Stanley's Cup? Lord Stanley's Cup. Um, congrats to my sister and her uh, and her my brother in law out in Las Vegas. I, I don't see the Golden Knights. Uh, yeah, I don't see him losing another game, Sean. I think they're yeah, going to definitely not three in a row. Up, 
Yeah. So yeah, I think I think it is going to Vegas, which means that you know if that happens, maybe I may need to go and just see the cup. So maybe I'll plan some time to get out there, celebrate. You probably should. You know, doesn't that sound like the right thing to do? I mean, it's it's the it's the respectable thing to do. Yes, I think you should go. Well, I'll update you on that, and maybe Thanks. I'll maybe and I may even call in to to your show, your little radio show. Live from Las Vegas. Excellent. Excellent. I, I, I think that this is probably the point where people are tuning out. So yes, first we better time get on. to it. We better get to it. Uh, thank you so much to Robert Kent for joining us here on Deconstructing Dallas. We're looking forward to all the great things coming online with Big Cedar and all the work with Five Mile Creek. Thank you. Thank you so much to Deborah. Meek, who has helped us with this interview and quite a few lately and done a lot of help on Big Cedar as well and a lot of great work on our conservation practice and other stuff we're working on there. Thank you to Mary Woodley. Thank you for Jennifer Pascal. Thank you to our entire Allen Media team for putting up with this, for putting up with our little podcast and helping us along the way. We want to ask all of our listeners who we really, really, really appreciate to help us promote this podcast, we are back, we are recording, we are posting, and so please share this with all of your friends, share with your family, share with your coworkers, put it on your social media platforms all the way around. We really appreciate it, and the numbers are looking good, so everyone, keep it up. Uh, we have another couple of guests on board that we can't tease out just yet, but just know this, we will be coming back your way. No more long breaks, no more long hiatuses. Expect to hear back from Deconstructing Dallas real soon. So for Ryan Trimble, this is Sean Williams. Adios. Mm-hmm.